Good morning. I am Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a weekly program where I speak with nonprofit organizations in Southern Arizona, getting updates as to their current projects or goals. Today, I am sharing a Zoom chat with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson, along with some of their local heroes from the community. I am joined by... My name is Yvonne Peischer, and I am the Director of Sponsorship and Community Outreach for Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson. Uh, my name is Oscar Lazardi, um, partner in the law firm of Roosting Lopez and Lazardi. We have offices in Tucson and Scottsdale. Good morning. My name is Trina Carvello. Um, I work at the Desert Diamond Casino, which is owned and operated by the, the Dodnod Nation. I am the director of government and public relations. I'm Karen Malbro, the Vice President of Program Operations with Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson. Well, the gang is all here. And before we get into what brings us together today, uh, Karen, I would say that, you know, most people are familiar with Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson, but can you just give a brief introduction and background into the organization? Absolutely. Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson is a youth serving organization locally that has over a 60 year history in the community. We have six clubhouses located around the city and are focused on inviting children into those spaces to participate in learning, enrichment, building friendships, having fun. It runs the gamut. Um, we're super passionate about supporting families and children across the community. And again, our focus is youth development. So one of the largest annual fundraisers for Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson is the event, which will be happening again next, next spring 2022. Uh, I guess I'll turn to you, Yvonne. Can I hear more about uh, the history of the event and its significance to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson? Sure. So the event started off as a very small event. I want to say it began at the Ventana Canyon and every year it started to become more popular and it grew and grew to the point where we needed to be able to hold thousands of people at Lawn Cantata. And what it is, is that it's an event where we have uh, 50 local restaurants pass out food and it's um, we take up the first and second floor over at Long Cantata. And it's an amazing fundraiser. We have a band. People are just having so much fun. And all of the funds raised um, help support our summer camp programming. And so it's a, a very a vital event to where, where we rely on a lot of our supporters to be able to provide the programming to our kids. Uh, and so there was no event in 2020. Uh, what was done to make up for the inability to host this uh, fundraising event? Are you speaking for last year or this year? Uh, for, I guess, last year and then moving on to what's been done this year because there isn't the event for 2021 either. Correct. So last year, what we ended up doing is we had already... Um, have received all these commitments from our amazing supporters. And so right when the pandemic, went, right when COVID was declared a pandemic, we did not know what to do because the event was supposed to happen, I think within two weeks from that date. And so we were, we were nervous, you know, we had, you know, lots of money up on the line. And so we called all of our supporters and we called, um, we asked Oscar, we asked Trina, do you consider um, us keeping the donations so in order for us to keep serving the community, even though we're not having an event? And they all said yes. And I think that's what makes me um, 
so blessed to have all these amazing supporters because they're, they're with us through thick and thin. And this year we won't be able to have an event. And so we're hoping for spring of 2022. And even with us not having an event and just letting them know, you know, these funds um, go towards our summer camp programming, they continue to support us. And Oscar and Trina, Desert Diamond Casino and Bruising Lopez and um, Lopez Lazardi, they have been with us for years. And it's just amazing how they continue to support the cause and the kids. So I guess I'll go to you first, Trina. Uh, why was it so important for the Desert Diamond Casino and Entertainment to continue this sponsorship of Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson through the pandemic? You know, um, it's so important for the enterprise um, to be able to be a part of the community. To, that means supporting the community. That means going to the events, supporting the events. Um, and with this not happening, we understand that the needs still exist. The needs are still there. And so it was important to, for us to do our part and continue to support these um, organizations that are still provide services. The kids still need um the, the resources that are made available to them through the Boys and Girls Club. So we understand that that was so important. And so we wanted to continue to support that even though it wasn't going to be through the event itself. So we, under, we understand the importance. We understand the importance of being a part of the community. And that's, um, that, that is why we continue to support even through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And how about uh, for you, Oscar and uh, your law firm? Well, the, the firm has had a long history of contributing to the community. Um, we've been around close to 30 years. So to echo what Tarina said, you know, I think that a society or community is measured by its giving and assistance during difficult times. So it was never a question for us um, whether we were going to contribute. Um, you know, we want to give back. Um, we realize that the the future of our community is its youth, whether it's through education, whether it's through youth development, whether it's through sports. So we've been a longtime partner of the Boys and Girls Club. You know, I, I look back to my involvement. Uh, I'm from Nogales, Arizona. So when they established the Boys and Girls Club in Santa Cruz County, and um, as I'm a Tucson conquistador, so we've been big fun uh, contributors and sponsors to the Boys and Girls Club. And I can't think of a program in our community that does more for the youth and the Boys and Girls Club. So we're just proud to be a sponsor and to be part of their team. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of just building off of that, do you find that it's, it, it's almost like mutually beneficial to do this, you know, partnership sponsoring of Boys and Girls, Girls Clubs? Well, you know, I'd be lying if I said, you know, we're, we are a, our, we're the wine glass sponsor of the mm -hmm. event. So, you know, obviously we get some, uh, some branding with that, but at the end of the day, that is the very low on our priority list. It's, it's really about giving back to the community. It's about trying to make a positive difference in the lives um, within our community that are less fortunate. And, um, and like I said, we felt that the sponsorship of the event um, did quite a bit for the clubs. And so we just wanted to continue with that. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I am speaking with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson and two of their heroes from the local community, Desert Diamond Casino and the Rusing Lopez and Lazardi Law Firm. The, the Be a Hero campaign. So Yvonne, can you just tell me a bit more about what this is? So the Be a Hero campaign is a way 
for us to recognize our event sponsors as what they are, heroes. Even though um, we weren't able to have the event last year, they stuck by our side. Um, this year, we're not able to have the event and they're still supporting us. And so this Be a Hero campaign, it's just a way for us to recognize our supporters while also um, benefiting the clubs and the kids for our summer programming. Karen, are there any uh, just notable changes that have had to happen? Um, even though we are, you know, things are opening back up, vaccinations are so much more widespread. Um, are there going to be any like differences in the summer camps this year as opposed to years prior? What's awesome about this moment we're continuing to navigate is that um, the changes we amplified, lifted up last year are going to be with us for a while. Um, at our summer camps, I was visiting our Frank and Edith Morton Clubhouse yesterday afternoon to see if I could snag some chocolate and <laughs> from their snack bar and just witnessing, you know, to Oscar's point, um, children coming back together after having been so isolated for so long um, was awe-inspiring and significant, but they're still masked. And we're still trying to keep some physical distance. The, the amount of, you know, cleaning and sanitizing and disinfecting that's happening at the clubs, the frequency of hand washing that we're encouraging children to do. You know, I don't want to suggest that, you know, these were all aspects of operations that were significant for us prior to the pandemic, but the increased volume, uh, the toll of uncertainty just wearing at adults and children over the past 12 to 15 months the loss of instructional time you know and uncertainty around what the upcoming school year will be for these children um, changes these changes we've we've navigated are going to be with us a while and I I am choosing to focus on the ways families and children across the community, community leaders, other youth serving organizations, um, countless partners like Trina and Oscar have just rallied repeatedly over the, the, the past 12 to 15 months. I'm choosing to focus on that. That's motivating um, our administrative team on the Boys and Girls Club side to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It's motivating and inspiring our club staff, volunteers who support us with our efforts, as well as partners and donors who help us keep our doors open. Mm -hmm. And uh, the partners and donors have been um, such a big part of keeping things going through this last year and being a uh, Boys and Girls Club's doors open. Before we you know, start kind of winding down, are there any goals just moving forward with your partnerships and uh, I guess what's kind of the vision moving forward right now? Definitely, Yvonne, I can step up initially if you are willing to compliment me here. Sure. Um, the, the major goal at the moment is um, opening more broadly, returning to the capacity we had as a youth serving organization prior to the pandemic. So as we're looking forward to August, um, we're anticipating, you know, increasing the number of children in our clubhouses. Um, we're looking forward to continuing to invest in professional development for our club staff teams related to social emotional competency development, um, addressing some of the emotional challenges children have navigated uh, this past, you know, year plus, 
Um, and, you know, ensuring that our club staff teams are also well-versed in trauma-informed care, trauma-informed practices. The, you know, the children um, who were a part of clubhouses as of February 2020, who we've not seen quite yet, we're concerned um, about, you know, their well-being, their mental health, um, their, you know, the challenges related to academics they may be navigating. And so there are a variety of goals on the table and there's a lot of strategy development and building happening right now to ensure that we're ready to wrap around them when they return to our clubhouses um, to ensure that we're showing up as dynamically as possible um, for those children and families we're connected with now. And that's, that's the chunk we're focused on at the moment, but hopefully by January, 2022, um, we'll have the breathing room to, to start returning to, you know, some of the visioning and lofty goal setting um, related to being more responsive to child and youth need across Tucson and Pima County. Right now, we're, we're still keeping our focus, you know, on, on the children, on the families who are linking with us, who were linked with us prior to the pandemic, but we are looking forward to being able to step away from this pandemic and start doing some big dreaming and aspiration setting again. Definitely. And is there anything either you, Trina, or you, Oscar, would like to just add on uh, before we wrap things up here? I just wanted to acknowledge the Boys and Girls Club and everything that they've done. There's just, they're a staple within the community for so many years, and it's bigger than um, the, the, the clubhouses themselves, the people that are in the clubhouses, the staff, the board. Um, there's so many people that contribute. Um, and like you said, are really passionate about caring about the kids of the community and want um, them to succeed and want to provide the kids with that developmental process to be able to succeed and become pillars in the community themselves. So just, but thank you for the opportunity to be involved. Rena, well said. Um, you know, again, for, for us, we're just we're just very blessed and fortunate that we can help further the mission. You know, I look at the Boys and Girls Club, the entire team, uh, the parents, the kids. I mean, they're they're the first responders in this, and you know, the, the courage and perseverance that they've shown, um, and to continue and to move forward is is remarkable. So. You know, I have a deep faith and, you know, and I, and I think the people that I know, the people that I work with as well. So, you know, what, what is our purpose here, the short time that we have on this earth? And, and, and I think it is to help the less fortunate. It's to help the kids in our community and anything we can do to further that cause, we're all in. And um, I guess one more thing, and I figure you're probably always looking for other partnerships and sponsorships. Uh, is there a different place where, you know, a, a business owner would look to for that type of information? So if anyone is interested in supporting the clubs, um, I would suggest either emailing myself or Jill Long. She is our vice president of fund development. All right. Well, y'all, this has been wonderful. <laughs> getting a, an update, uh, hearing about what's to come, and also getting to meet some of the heroes who make Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson possible. So uh, Trina, Oscar, Yvonne, and Karen, I thank you all very much for chatting with me today. Thanks, Riley.
This is Lifestyle Tucson. For the next portion of today's program, I'm sharing a recent conversation I had with Alan from Parent Aid. Hi, Riley. This is Alan with Parent Aid. How are you doing? Hi, I am doing very well. How about yourself? Doing good. So you are the executive director of Parent Aid. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. So I guess it's probably best to start with the beginning. Uh, who and what is Parent Aid? And can you give me just a little bit of history of the organization here in Tucson? Sure. Um, so Parent Aid was actually founded in 1990. Not a lot of people um, know that. We, we're, we're a 30-year-old organization um, founded by six local exchange uh, exchange clubs, which is a, a service club. Um, so today we we there's only one exchange club here still in town, uh, but they're, they're still a, a big supporter of us. Um, we were founded, uh, like I said, 30 years ago with the mission to prevent child abuse, and that still remains our mission, um, our official mission, preventing child abuse by strengthening families in our community. So we, we really believe that strong communities and strong families create a lot of safety for kids. We have been at our location at 22nd and Tucson Boulevard since about 2004. Um, we kind of have a nondescript building that a lot of people drive by every Every day and don't even know that we're here. But I like to say we're we're a tiny but mighty organization, and that we're we're small, but we have uh, we have big impact in the community. In 2018, we became um, the only Arizona accredited safe care agency, um, and safe care is a curriculum that we use to do in-home visitation um, with families. Um, the program lasts for about a year, and in which uh, family support specialists uh, visit with families, help the, the caregivers and the family build skills in in health, um, in communication, in safety, in parent-child interactions. Um, and it's been shown um, nationally as a, an evidence-based curriculum to uh, decrease uh, contact with the Child Welfare Service. And yeah, so that's, that's a, a quick organizational yeah. uh, kind of history. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, just a rundown of uh, what you've been up to. So, so you say the, the mission is to prevent child abuse. So just can you tell me a bit more about the, the vision of Parent Aid and what ways or what you do to reach that vision? Um, so, I mean, our vision is, is really that all children are raised in loving, nurturing, caring homes, right? That, that, that's what we, we want to see. Um, and so traditionally, kind of um, a lot of child abuse prevention, um, in my mind, really isn't prevention at all. It's all, it's all intervention-based services. It's, it's waiting until a family falls and until they, you know, have a, a failure, a setback, and then engaging that family and saying, you know, this is the way you could have done better. This is what you should have done. Um, and, and our approach is a little different. We, we want to be a completely voluntary program. We want it to be that all, uh, families uh, in all walks of life can engage with us. We kind of believe that, that all children are at risk of child abuse, so therefore, you know, all parents deserve um, uh, our support and, and deserve to, to be able to engage in, in our educational services. So we have a, a couple different um, programs for that. One I, I mentioned is, is our safe care in-home visitation program. That's our pretty intensive, uh, you know, you sign up for a year um, and, and at the end, you know, um, you, we've hopefully built a lot of skills in a lot of different areas. We've connected you um, with other services around town. Um, that can kind of help you on your parenting journey. Um, then we've also have our what we call our community-based education, which is a little bit more of the traditional parenting class. You know, you get together with other parents. It's a little more topical. Courses that we're going to go over, um, we, we primarily use what's called the active parenting curriculum. Um, we have active parenting first five years, um, and then just the standard active parenting and active parenting of teens. So we're actually one of the few organizations in town that have 
um, a parenting curriculum from zero all the way to 18 years old. Um, and, and there we learn things more like um, healthy forms of discipline, um, understanding child development, um, looking at family communication, just healthy ways to engage uh, everyone in the family. Um, we've also recently added a program called PAX Tools, which really focuses um, on those concrete strategies for using um, to, to get cooperation of your child. We like to say cooperation and not not like, you know, compliance or obedience, mm-hmm. because we, we believe that the idea of parenting um, is really about just seeking that collaborative effort between parent and child to, you know, for, mm-hmm. that's a skill that I think parents and, and kids both need um, to build. Um, and then one of our last programs, we have uh, Children in Between, which is for families that are experiencing separation and divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's been, uh, it, that's a high rate in our country. And, and I think the, the pandemic has brought that um, even higher. Um, and we want to make sure that the process of a family going through separation or divorce doesn't add any, any more any more abuse to the child, um, be that emotional, physical um, neglect, anything like that. Um, one area that I'm looking to expand, I, I've always been a big proponent of encouraging more father involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to build a bit more of a, a, a father program. Um, that's something that there are a lot of pockets of in Tucson and, and, and Arizona, but there is not kind of a, a leading source of, you know, if you're a dad looking for support, this is where you go. So we're, we're trying to build that um, a little more. So hopefully in the next couple months, we'll, we'll be seeing some more fatherhood based uh, programming from us. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those aspects of parenting that uh, it, it, it can get kind of skipped over the significance and importance of that fatherly role in a child's life. So can I just hear a bit more about uh, how these classes are uh, conducted? You mentioned how there is the in-home uh, aspect. Uh, how about some of these other courses and stuff? Are these, are you do meet in person? Uh, is this online? Sure. So traditionally, we've always done them in person. And, and I think the pandemic has made a lot of different sectors realize that things that they always thought needed to be in person, you know, could be done in a virtual space. But traditionally, we've done them in person. We do them at libraries, at schools. Um, we do some in our building here. Um, we've even done some from somebody's home where they want to host, um, you know, their friends and family. And that's actually a model that I really want to be exploring um, in the future. I've kind of called it a, you know, like a, a parent education Tupperware party, you yeah. know, where... <laughs> Um, you get together with people that can help you kind of on your parenting journey. In a, in a more traditional parenting class, you're, you're you know, taking it with 10 to 20 strangers who you don't know that by the time that parenting class ends, hopefully you build a connection with, but you, know, you may never see them again. But if you can do a parent education class with your cousins, uh, your friends, your coworkers, those are people that are going to be in your sphere of influence constantly and might help you a little bit more along that parenting journey. But uh, the pandemic has definitely uh, made us pivot to virtual. And, you know, we've had success with that. Um, we we have been able to engage parents that have voiced that otherwise they felt they couldn't maybe take the class um, because sometimes transportation or child care is a major barrier um, to being able to do that. So we intend to continue um, our virtual classes, but we are also hoping that later this summer, the beginning of fall, we will resume in-person classes and we'd like to kind of keep both modalities open. We Our website is parentaid.org and there's a calendar link there that lists all of our, our, our upcoming classes. I had quite a bit going 
June through June, and then we're so looking to set our kind of July through September calendar here soon. Like we just had two classes start this week. Um, I believe we have some PAX Tools classes next week. So there's a lot of opportunities there. Many of our classes are offered for free. Some of our classes are a little more intensive, and we we have a like a twenty-five or a thirty-five dollar charge mm-hmm. to take the series. Um, and we've we always try to work with parents if that's going to be a barrier. We, we never want cost to be a barrier. We do our best to work with families on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it may seem overwhelming or scary or perhaps even a bit embarrassing for some to sign up for a parenting class. And I guess I'm curious, what would you say to a parent or a caregiver who is kind of experiencing feelings like that, but they know that this would be something that could be a benefit in the long run? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's a major um, issue that we face all the time that people say, um, you know, they never come out right and say it. But I mean, I'm a parent. I know I talk with people that to, to enroll in a parenting class is it, it's puts you in a really vulnerable space because there is this kind of underlying message that if you need support being a parent, that you must be a bad parent or you must have failed. Or you must, um, you know, like, how can you not understand what it means to be a parent? Just like there's this kind of this kind of stigma mm-hmm. around it, that it's only for certain types of people. Or, uh, um, But our, our concept is that everybody struggles. You know, parenting is hard. It is messy. Every parent is going to struggle. Every parent is going to slip and fall. And we just want to make sure that we provide as many different options as we can. Our curriculum is never prescriptive. We never go up and say, this is how you have to discipline. This is how you have to engage your child. Um, what we do is say, um, you know, w- what kind of parent is it you're striving to be? You know, how can we help support you to be that? Um, because we all know that we, when we all became parents, we had this really clear picture of a lot of the things we didn't want to do. Right. Uh, oh, my child's not going to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm never going to yell. Or oh, my child's never going to eat ice cream for dinner. Or I just, I mean, anything like whatever it is. And we put so much effort into focusing on the things that we're not going to do as parents that a lot of times we never allowed ourselves to explore the options of what we do want to do. Um, and that's kind of what we what we try to shed light on are just different things to think about and different ways to engage your children. They're not going to be for everyone. One of the one of the, the mantras in our active parenting is, um, you know, take the best and leave the rest. If you get one gem out of the class, great. And if everything else don't feel applies to you, then, you know, that's fine. But if, if something resonates with you, try it, use it. Um, and one thing I always encourage parents um, and any parent hopefully already knows is that you're going to get this beautiful new strategy or get this great idea on, on what you're going to do with the child. And it never works on the first time. You know, it, it, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes effort. You know, you've got to do it routinely. Kids are smart and they know if they're being played. Right. Mm-hmm. And they might think, wait, so is this happening this one time or is this something that's going to keep happening? And so everything takes a little bit of work. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems that we experience as parents. A lot of times parents want, well, I want to fix this one issue and I want to fix now. And it's like, well, no, there's lots of issues here that we need to address, um, and you know they're all interconnected, and they're all going to take time to work through. So hopefully, a lot of once parents understand that, they get that parenting is a process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a it's a dynamic goal. There's nothing static to it. We're not trying to get people to a certain spot. We're just trying to help them grow um, and be the best parents they can be. Mm-hmm. And definitely taking a like an individualized approach. Almost, it's not one size fits all for for parents. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
So um, kind of before we, we start wrapping up, when I was checking out the Parent Aid website, uh, first thing that popped up was a countdown. Um, Parent Aid presents We Care 2021, the Roaring Twenties. Would you be able to tell me just a, a little bit more about what this upcoming event is? Yeah, absolutely. So We Care is our kind of signature um, event. It, we um, it's our largest fundraiser of the year. Um, we had one scheduled for the spring of last year, and unfortunately, you know, COVID mm-hmm. kind of shut everything down. Um, we did do one la- a virtual event last year, and we had some some good success with that. This year, we're excited to get back in person um, and really connect with a lot of our donors, um, a lot of our supporters, um, even a lot of our families that we've really only seen virtually. So it's it, it's it's a night to come together and, you know, raise money for child abuse prevention, um, one, but also just to, to reconnect with our community. So it, it's going to have a Roaring Twenties theme this year. Um, it's being held out at the JW Marriott on August 21st, um, and there's sponsorships and tickets available um, online. But uh, the, the biggest thing with this is that there's not a lot of money in, in prevention work. A lot of people think that there is, but where there's a lot of money is in intervention work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to, to engage with a donor and say, well, I provided you know, this service to this family, and look, 20 years later, they, ne- they never had any issues with child welfare. Well, I can't prove or disprove of whether or not you know, that had anything to do with my engagement if they never had a, a child welfare um, path. Mm-hmm. So sometimes seeking funds in there is difficult. So this is a chance for us to to raise money to provide mainly our safe care curriculum to families that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to, to seek funding for. Um, that, you know, maybe they don't live in the right zip code or have a child in the right age range or, or something. Um, so the money raised from WeCare goes directly to support families and children in our community that otherwise would not have um, been able to been supported. So it's, it's, it's a really important event for us. There's opportunities um, for sponsorships um, and tickets, but also um, we run an auction at the event. And there's also a lot of sponsor, uh, opportunities that to uh, receive donations for the auction um, from local businesses, services, even people that, that have anything around the house that they would like to go to a good cause to be sold for a good cause. Um, we'd love to engage anybody um, with that. All right. Well, I guess uh, then in closing, how do you recommend uh, you know, parents interested or if someone who is interested in, you know, taking part in the We Care event, what's the best way to get in contact with uh, Parent Aid? Um, so for, for We Care related things, um, you can give us a call or you can email me. Um, our phone number is 520-798-3304. Um, or you can directly email me. Um, I'm Alan. So that's A-L-L-A-N at parentaid.org. Um, you can also hop on our website. Um, you can secure a sponsorship on the website. Um, if, pe- if anybody's interested in doing any of our classes, all the registration and everything can be done directly from um, our website. And if you have questions about Safe Care, which is the home visitation program, um, that, that I, the best thing, just, just give us a call and, mm-hmm. and talk with us. All right. This is Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Rylan. I've been speaking with Alan, Executive Director of Parent Aid. And I, I appreciate you taking this time to have a chat and uh, spread the word, get us updated on who and what Parent Aid is and kind of what is in store moving forward. Yep. Thank you. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. If you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of this program, you can reach out to us by email at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the program or to replay an episode that you missed, more information can be found on the Sunday mornings page at kfma.com, klpx.com, mixfm.com, and espntucson.com.